Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Today on the Illinois Enquirer podcast, let's talk about a ranked Illinois football team with our All-American linebacker, Jay Lehman. I talked with Jay about a fantastic defensive performance and a 9-6 win over Iowa. We also get into Art Sikowski's performance, Barry Lunny, uh, some of the play calling we talked about after the game, get Jay Lehman's thoughts on that, and a huge game ahead against Minnesota. The 4-1 Gophers coming off a of bye week. Mo Ibrahim healthy, so we'll get to see two of the best running backs going at it, two of the best defenses in the country going at it. Uh, but obviously Art Sikowski, potentially the starting quarterback. We just chatted with Brett Bielma, uh, who Joey Wagner, to his credit, asked him directly, uh, will Tommy DeVito play this weekend? And Brett pointed at Joey and said, nice try, and told him A for effort later. So uh, we asked a direct question, did not expect a direct answer, uh, but it does seem like this team will have Art Sikowski preparing to be the starting quarterback, whether Tommy will be able to play or not. Not sure, but the way he went out of that game, given there's a bye week, off week coming up, uh, I would say he's doubtful, uh, maybe at the best. But uh, obviously Illinois, with the way its defense is playing, the way its offensive line and running game uh, is playing and having one of the best running backs, certainly have a chance against a Minnesota team that Illinois held the six points last year. Mo Ibrahim not in that game, uh, but they still had a pretty good offensive line and good running back uh, in that game. So uh, can't wait for this one. But without further ado, let's talk about that Iowa win, the first over the Hawkeyes since 2008. Illinois has beaten Wisconsin and Iowa for the first time since 1989, and for the first time since or 2011, Illinois is ranked, coming in at number 24, and Jay Lehman is fired up about it. Let's talk about it with him next on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. 
You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I think people have been looking forward to this one for a little bit. Jay Lehman, our Mondays with Jay, our All-American linebacker, talking about an Illinois victory over Iowa in which Illinois had three turnovers, no touchdowns, uh, but a gritty Iowa-like win. Uh, Jay, just your thoughts, man. What's this mean for the program? Well, it's first off, it's a huge win for the program to beat Wisconsin and Iowa first time since 89. They've talked about that. But the way they did it, you know, I've, I've said this a couple of times this past weekend after that win is we have often, often, you know, snatched defeat from the jaws of victory uh, because we just find ways to lose these games. Right. But despite everything going wrong, you're out your kicker. Right. And that's important when the only points are field goals. You're out your quarterback for three quarters of the game, more than three quarters of the game. You're out some really critical players. Taz Nicholson goes out early. Uh, Isaiah Williams out for the second half. You're out a lot of guys, right? Stuff is down, and you can feel like, man, something's going to break, but they didn't break. And I think most importantly, from a macro perspective, and we'll get into it, you have a two-game advantage on Wisconsin and Iowa, which those, those teams, whether they're good or not, are going to do some damage and beat some teams down the line in that conference. There's no question to me. So uh, to have that kind of advantage at this point in the season, you couldn't ask for much more. Yeah, and that's why the game's coming up, including this one against Minnesota this week is, is so important, these tiebreakers as you're talking about. But, Jay, I love the analyst cap on you, but I do want to get for a second the the alum cap back on yeah. Jay Lehman. Yeah, for sure. What have these two games meant to you guys? I don't know how many people, you, for former teammates, former line you're talking to, but what have these two games meant for you guys as alums to see Wisconsin, Iowa, 5-1, and one, and now ranked? at number 24. I mean, the amount of text messages and messages that I've got have been like exponential compared to what we usually get during the season, right? Uh, so I think there's a buzz, number one. But number two, I think we're just really proud of where the program is at. I think we've always aspired to be Iowa, Wisconsin. Uh, and if we just look at just the numbers, the last 30 years have not been great in that department. So I think defensively, we're taking a lot of pride of us. Defensive guys are really proud of what's going on. Uh, I think we, you know, we've got a really, really salty defense. But I also feel like uh, it's not just about this season. They finally feel like we're headed in the right direction. I think for so long, there was an apathy among the alumni because they felt like the right guy wasn't at the helm. Whether that was Beckman, whether that was Cubit, whether that was Lovey, there could be one-off flukish wins and they would be excited about that, but I didn't think we were building toward a consistency of what a Big Ten West contender with a chance to go to Indy uh, every year 
uh, is. And I think that right there is the biggest thing is that it's, it, it's, it's not so much the winds, which are evidence of it's we're headed in the right direction. The freight train is getting, is, is headed down the right course. And it's been so long since that's actually occurred. Yeah. Because what they're doing, whether they'll have a top 10 or top one defense jail, but like how they're building, it feels sustainable, right? Sure. No, this is, this is the thing. I mean, I, I, you know, I tell people, Skilled players at some point, I love them, but they will fail you. <laughs> skilled defensive backs at some point, linebackers themselves, they, they will fail you. They will miss somebody in open space. When you're good up front, offensive and defensive line, they are the most consistent players over a span of a season. And when you get into late October, when you get into November, I'm telling you what, the reason Iowa is good during those games is they've got great defensive and offensive line playing historically. Now, they're a little bit young on the offensive line side. That's why their offense is struggling a lot, right? But I would say this. If we can keep this play up, it's only going to make us harder to defeat down the – if we can stay healthy, too, down the stretch, if you can play great defense, control end scrimmage, and this is key, it is what saved us, run the football. Let's not overlook the fact that Chase Brown had over 140 yards I know he had 31 carries to do it, but just the ability to control the clock to get four or five, six yards of carry when you need it. I think that's the big important thing we got to understand. We are built to win in October and November. I, I don't have the stats in front of me, Jay, but I think the last two weeks you have outrushed Iowa and Wisconsin about 350 to 50. Right. <laughs> I mean, that, that that's insane. And, and, and what I want to show you, tell, tell you too is we are – if you look at the second half stats of every game, it is unbelievable. You think our defense is good? Look at the second half stats, and you'll see an amazing pattern. You look at what they did against Wisconsin. Look what they did against um, Iowa. You look at even the Virginia game, and what you'll see is this. You'll see a quarterback make some throws early. You'll see him be uh, have a presence in the pocket. You'll see the receivers use some schemes. We saw it early in the Wisconsin game. We saw Laporta get open early in the uh, Illinois game, most of the game. But but schematically, I'm talking they confused Sidney Brown and and uh, and Quan on some uh, mix up on some routes on that first third down, and they get people right. They 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 get the defense. They give up some plays right. But as 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 Brett calls it, the fire department comes to work right. And you know you know it's like. We need, we need this, the, the CUFD, Champaign-Urbana Fire Department, we make hats, CUFD, right? NYFD, right? Are people so, going to get the orange fireman hats? Like, that's got to be a giveaway. That would right? be cool. That would be really cool. The fire department, and you know, I, we probably can't have axes and stuff because that's Wisconsin, Minnesota, but, you know, maybe maybe fire extinguishers or something. So, yeah, CUFD, that's that's my new thing, man, Champaign-Urbana Fire Department. And we, we partner with the fire, we have pictures and stuff. But I digress. You look at the second half of this team. What they do outside of obviously the Indiana game was an outlier, but even Indiana didn't do much in the second half on that last drive. We are wearing out their offensive line. We are wearing out their defensive line. We run the ball better and we get a lot more sacks in the second half. It's not just conditioning. It's we're physically dominating, wearing teams down. And I think that's important because the defense has kept us in the game close enough to be able to wear people down in the second half. Jay, I'm glad you mentioned the Laporta thing. I think he had 99 yards uh, in, in the first half on five catches. Second half, four catches, one yard. Um, yeah, they, they, they just did an unbelievable job of adjusting to that. Uh, anything else stand out about the defense besides the, the second half adjustments or the second half 
dominance? Like, why does this defense outside of Iowa struggling? Um, what what makes this defense so good? I'm asking you this every yeah, week. Yeah, first off, great question. I just want to always give a shout out to Devin Witherspoon. The guy sets the tone every game. I mean, he sets the tone first play of the game, this game. He's, he's done it, he's done it in Indiana. Um, they've stopped really throwing at him. I don't know if you noticed this. They 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 really try to pick on um, Jennings or Bailey, who was ever in there for Taz, right? They, they were focused on that. They wanted to get the ball to Laporta. And, you know, uh, quite honestly, they were trying to leave a, a lot of running backs in to help protect as well. They were trying to protect with six or seven because they couldn't protect. So I, I do think it always – I think the back end has been really solid. But I, I will say this, and that is – yeah, I, right now I just had an old defensive lineman calling me right now that I played with. Just, just like, well, you know, talk it's ball, like, man. It's like, it's like we we want to know what's going on, right? Put this thing on airplane mode. I mean, that, that's the point that we're making. But I would say this is, it's defensively, it all starts up front. Now I think Tariq Barnes had his best game. Dark Angelo before he got hurt played well, but Tariq Barnes did a great job as far as cleaning stuff up. I think you'll see the linebackers against these higher level teams make more plays. Okay. Because the D-line's not going to make every play. But, uh, I mean, Johnny Newton early in that game, I mean, near the goal line, how he sniffed out that shovel pass to Laporta, right? Great play. You see you see Keith Randolph so consistent over and over and over again, right? And, and these are well-trained. You know, Iowa is an, is an offensive line factory. And then on the edge, I mean, Seth Coleman definitely had his best game. We can definitely say that. And, and made critical plays. Probably the most critical play was not even a sack. It's when he hit – Petrus right as he was throwing the football and it led to the pick. Right. And so I just thought up front, we are dominant. I think we have a top five. I know we have a top defense, but we truly have a top five front. Uh, if you look at those, maybe not counting the DNs, but you look at our, our interior D linemen, we've got a top five front in the nation. I really believe that these guys are good. Can I bring up Seth Coleman though? Um, Jay, during the last four games, he has 24 pressures, according to Pro Football Focus, three and a half sacks, eight quarterback hurries, two pass breakups uh, that basically are sacks, right? Um, and, and he now leads the Big Ten with 25 pressures uh, on the season. I'd imagine Johnny and Keith really help him, right? He gets a lot sure. of one-on-ones. Sure. But what does he do so well on the edge? Because I think he's starting to make an all-Big Ten case, too. There's going to be a lot of all-Big Ten guys on this defense. Sure. I mean – I mean, one, he's got, he's got really good length. I think Seth's always had the tools, right? If you look at his body and he has the length, I'm not – I think it's – you think you're playing hard. I mean, Seth would tell you he's playing hard all the time, like from his getting there. But I think there becomes a different level of effort and energy and, and, and putting out when you feel like I can get to the quarterback. Like there's an actual chance for me to get there, right? And I think he's playing with that. I think Kevin Kane's done a tr tremendous job with some of those outside backers of teaching technique. And one thing I like about, about, about Seth Coleman is um, he's not some wispy, like just rush specialist dude. All these guys, Akis included, uh, can play the run as well, just as good as the pass. And so um, Seth can beat you with speed, but he's got some more power than I, than I thought. And I think he's really up his pass rush moves. It does help. He's often on an island because 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 Johnny and or Keith usually demand one or two guys you know, on one of those guys. All right, Jay, let's focus on the offense. Not a pretty day for them. Of course, when your quarterback goes out early and we know how important sure, Tommy sure. DeVito has been for this team. Sikowski comes in. Obviously, the offense changes. How did it change when Sikowski came in? 
Well, first off, let's look from a points perspective. You know, people often say like every stat is overrated other than points, right? Scoring defense and scoring offense. That's, that's all that matters, right? I mean, there's things that set up that. And so, uh, first of all, I think the game, I think Illinois would have won this game 21, 20 to six if DeVito's in the game. I really do. I think it's a different ball game, okay? Um, I, listen, Art, I think, did better than what I had seen him last year. I mean, last year he really struggled throwing the football. His numbers weren't all that bad, but it's a very basic offense. It's a, it, it was a kind of a, if this guy's open, throw it. If not, kind of look around, maybe run the ball uh, with, with our, right? So I think it changed the entire game plan. So that's not easy on Barry Lonnie, right? Because I think he had called plays specific for DeVito, you know, and by Brett's own admission, the ones get 80% of the reps and the twos get 20%. So he, he wasn't necessarily ready. And, and, you know, I don't think Isaiah, who's kind of the safety valve, had his best game. I think that's fair to say, right, at all. I mean, really struggled in that stretch, dropping some punts, fumble on the Wildcat, fumbled on, you know, the the, the play, whether he had control or not, you know, he, he it was called a fumble. And so, and then obviously got concussed. I was surprised he wasn't the guy they were going to over and over and over again when Art was in there because he's the most consistent, right? Or Pat Bryant, and they're in Pat Bryant a quiet night, right? Um, but I, I think art did enough, you know, it, it brought me back to last year. You know, we used to like exhale when we got like a, a completion of a pass. Yep. I was back in that mode. Like when, when they, when they, when they hit high tower on that throw, uh, I think that was early fourth quarter. I was like, and then he hit Jonah Morris. He had two throws that were like, bam. Yep. I was like, I was like floored. Right. I'm like, I, that, that's the, that's the thing. I was kind of like, so it definitely changed it. I know I'm talking more about Sikowski, but I, I will hats off to this offensive line too. They, they, they protected Sikowski and they wore down Iowa's front, which is a good front. They ran for a, a chase to run for a buck 40 on Iowa's front. I, I mean, say what you want to say. That's impressive. I, I thought they had their best game. Uh, 200 rushing yards, zero sacks. Then you watch the film. They were moving people. And that, that's a pretty right. good front. Uh, that's a yeah. really good front. I want to ask you, Jay, um, it's, it's, it's hard as a play caller, I'd imagine, when your backup quarterback comes in. And he's not as dynamic uh, as Tommy. He's not as comfortable. He's not as confident. But there are obviously some play calls that I think Barry Lunny would like back. Third and five and four down territory, you throw that screen pass that gets snuffed out and that, that might take points off the board or takes at least a fourth down try off the board. Uh, obviously the art throw, you can't throw that ball. You can't throw that interception, but do you want to give it in your quarterback's hands in that opportunity? Was second, wasn't it second and four from the four, right? Yeah. Second and four from the four. Right. I know you haven't been great goal line, Jay, uh, getting the right. push outside of the sneaks, but those are two plays. I, I would imagine Barry Lonnie wants back. What, what did you think? Well, I think I think those two plays. I also think you know Art on the third and ten for the quarterback draw where he fumbled. You know, like um, I think it'd be conservative, be really conservative, right? Be, be, yeah. Okay, so you give it to a guy who hasn't handled the ball much, right? And I didn't like. So let's let's just break down these plays. One, they were in the four down territory. They ran that screen was completely snuffed out. Um, I, what I like about Barry Lonnie, he's not afraid to take chances. So I will give him props on that, right? Yeah, and I always say it's easy in hindsight to do. It's easy in hindsight. And if he, if he makes the play, great. You know, should have Art thrown away the pass on second and four? Sure. He should have just thrown that thing out of bounds or tucked it and ran for no gain, right? 
Do I wish we would have? I thought we had a lot of success, which I was surprised, getting on the edge uh, with the little quick pitch. So I would have liked to see that down at the goal line. Like I just felt like Chase was had uncommon patience and could get to the edge like we wanted him to. So I would have liked to see that play. And, and I and I absolutely, as a defender, I was just licking my chops if I'm with Iowa once they motion Chase Young out of the backfield. Yes. And it's like, okay, well, it's a pass or it's quarterback draw. I'm not worried about the pass. And I'm not really worried about quarterback draw. So I felt like your options were very limited on what, what I thought was a very critical third down. Obviously, it was tied, right, from like the 20. And so, and then thank God, you know, his elbow gets down because he's on top of that defender. His knee's not down. It's his forearm and his elbow. And so those were, I think Barry would want to have those calls back. I've been really impressed with Barry. I think yes. the offense is making strides. I think not having Tommy completely throw it throughout the game plan, threw off the game plan a bit, not a bit, a lot. I think Art did what he needed to do to keep the game close. Only one turnover, but we could have blown that game open. I mean, two, I mean, in the fourth quarter, we were offensively dominating them. Yeah. We really were. We wore them out. They were, they were getting dominated, but we were not finishing drives. Right. And so I, I get, I give a lot of credit to that offensive line. I think, I know the defense was huge. I think the offensive line is really the unsung hero of this game. I agree. I thought they had an A performance uh, in, in that game. So, Jay, we're recording this before, about an hour before Brett Bielma's sure. uh, press conference. I, I don't expect him to give anything uh, to Minnesota about Tommy DeVito's health. Sure. Uh, certainly it was an ankle re-aggravated. At least he was moving around. He was on the bike a little bit. Um, so, But if he can't go, if one, he has a week, and he's going to have a week to prepare for Art Sikowski's, I imagine. Tommy DeVito won't practice very much. What changes with the, the approach if he's got a week with Art Sikowski leading into Minnesota? How much better can they get? More comfortable can they get? Yeah, so great question. It's my opinion. I have no insight intel. I have no idea about injuries. It's my opinion that DeVito will probably, because there's a bye week after this, they want to give him three weeks to get back and have that run, right? Uh, at the same time, we went up to Minnesota last week, last year, and beat him with Brandon Peters, I think, at quarterback, correct? I don't think Sikowski was playing. I think Sikowski was hurt at that point, right? It really owned Minnesota. But how does it change, right? Well, number one, I think that Sikowski is going to be vastly improved from this week to next week. So that's the good news, right? Um, do The bad news is I don't think he's going to be as good as Tommy DeVito is, okay? So that's the bad news. I do think they're going to um, give him a couple plays to get comfortable. I think Isaiah Williams, they want to get his confidence back. They're going to get him involved in the game early. I think you're going to see the, I think you're going to see the tight ends used. I do think that, and I think that's been kind of asleep the last couple of games. I think they'll get back in the tight ends because of the short throws. I think they also want to get Pat Bryant involved. I think we'll do all this, but the, but the main thing is this, if Chase Brown runs for 150 yards, Illinois is probably going to win because they're going to control the clock enough. Number one, and number two, their defense is going to keep them in the game. So really, it comes down to Art. Art, can you make a couple – can you get those three to six first downs that Tommy can get us? We saw him get that with his legs early on, too, uh, Tommy, in the game. And can can he make those certain throws? It comes down to those three to six you know, critical times that you need the first down. And so do I think he'll be better? Yes. Do I think they're going to tailor the game plan to him? 
Yes. Do I think that the fire department, AKA the defense is going to have to be on 24 hour shifts? Yes. Right. I think everybody's going to have to be on it. And a lot of it is predicated on how healthy is Mo Ibrahim uh, with the running back for Minnesota. You know, he didn't play two weeks ago against Purdue. They've had a bye week could be very similar to, you know, us losing DeVito is kind of like us losing Mo Ibrahim, kind of, not totally, but it's, it's a critical player. Yeah, Minnesota had an off week, Jay. Um, when DeVito is healthy, I think these two teams are kind of like looking into a mirror. I, I think Illinois' sure. defense probably has more talent, but just the way they're built, the way they operate. Um, so what are the keys, do you think, to, to Illinois pulling this off against Minnesota? And, and as, as we talked about before, you get a tiebreaker on Minnesota and Iowa and Wisconsin – you're setting yourself up pretty well for a Big Ten West race. And, of course, games against Nebraska and Purdue are going to be important. But sure, that'd be, a, as you said, two-game separation on Minnesota if you can pull this I off. mean, you would have to say at least for the – now, Purdue has had some impressive uh, road wins. I, I got to give them credit. I think we always discount Purdue a little bit. We probably shouldn't. They had nine wins last year, right? But, but I will say this. I think in looking at the conference overall, if you have a head-to-head – on these three teams, which we three, uh, three in a row, Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, you're in the driver's seat. I mean, if you have a two-game, two-game, and it is looking in the mirror. I think both of these teams, like you said, uh, want to dominate the time of possession. No question, right? I think Minnesota more than us. I mean, we're, the funniest thing is we're, we can be a hurry-up, no-huddle offense, but still have great time of possession, which is an interesting thing, right? But I, I, I think – Who's going to win the time possession? Who can get off of the field, right? Because what you don't want is Mo Ibrahim to run for four yards on first and second down. They run a little slant route. They get a first down barely, and they just kind of chew away and limit your offensive possessions and wear down your defense. Now, I think what's going to be critical in this game, and it always is, is turnovers, okay? We we had we were 0 for 3 for turnovers until late in that game. Right? We were down 3 nothing in turnovers against Iowa, and then we got the pick. I think it's going to be very difficult. I know the fire department's great. I think it's going to be very difficult to win this game and without winning the turnover battle. I really do. I think it's going to be hard because I think Tanner Morgan's a better – I know I've, I've hated on Tanner Morgan for years. I had to, I've had to eat that a couple times that I said he was the worst quarterback in the West. I no longer think that. I think he's a good player. Um, certainly doesn't have the weapons he's had in past years at receiver, uh, but uh, he's a better quarterback than Spencer Petrus, and they're going to be able to throw the ball better, and I think they're going to be better offensively. I don't think they're – I know statistically they're better uh, maybe than Iowa defensively, maybe a little bit, maybe they're equal, but I think Illinois will be able to move the ball better on Minnesota than Iowa for sure. So, Jay, do you have an Iowa take right now? I mean, it's it's weird seeing Wisconsin and Iowa both really wounded here. But what do you make sure. about what's going on there? Uh, I think I, I I honestly think I don't I'm not, don't have Iowa's schedule in front of me. Yeah. But I would imagine that Iowa finishes the season with uh, seven to eight wins, and they go to a bowl game and they win their their eighth or ninth game. I just they're they're a typical Iowa team. They're not great. They're going to get better as the year goes old. Their offense uh, goes on. Their their offensive line is going to be better. They've got some serious systemic offensive issues uh, uh, schematically, right? Um, Here's the thing. If they have a young offensive line, they will have offensive years like this for sure. I mean, that's what it is. If they have a veteran offensive line, they'll score 20, 25 points a game. They're never going to be huge, right? But remember, their defense last year, until they played Michigan, had a streak of like 50 games, not giving up 24 more 
24 more points, right? So they don't need to do that. Um, so I, I think it's your typical Iowa team. It's not one of your great Iowa teams. I don't think there's, you know, and I think Wisconsin is going to go to a bowl. Yep. I don't think Wisconsin's not going to a bowl. I think Purdue's going to go to a bowl. Um, so it's not like there's 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 walks in the park, but I, I will say I do think it is a critical juncture in the Big Ten West history, not just because of UCLA and USC, right? We've got Frost out. We've got, um, uh, obviously, Chris is out. We've got Northwestern presumably weaker and worse than we've seen them maybe ever in the Pat Fitzgerald era. And that's a strong word. I mean, some of those early years, they weren't great. But but if we look at the last decade, they've been a very formidable opponent, opponent went to a lot of bowl games. Can, right? can, I, can I jump in here, Jay? Yeah. Like, this is going to be a third straight year, or third year, third time in four years, that they have won three or fewer games. And this could be the third year out of four that they win one Big Ten game. I don't know if they're going to win another Big Ten game. Um, I know they won a Big Ten West championship, but that, someone's got to, he, he's got to reevaluate his program. Right? Pat Fitzgerald is going to stay there. He should. He's, he's built sure. up so much there, and he's a really good coach. But they, they got to be looking internally there. I, I think since Mike Hankwitz left, their defense has not been the same, whether it's because of players uh, I know they had a bunch of backers leaves and some, some, some DBs there that went to the NFL in the first round. But but Jim O'Neill has has struck. I mean, the defense is struggling under Jim O'Neill, right? I think he's a good guy. Uh, Mike Bajakian, his first year, you know, with the transfer portal, Peyton Ramsey, and that shortened season that kind of caught lightning in a bottle, right? And uh, I think they won the West, but maybe with a six and two record, I think. And it was enough. To, to get them in and, 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 but since then the offense is really struggling, haven't had a good, haven't had a good quarterback. Right. And so, um, and even, even some of their better players, I don't think it played great. I don't think Peter Skaronsky, who people projected as a NFL first rounder, I saw him getting beat sometimes by some guys at Miami of Ohio, not playing maybe as well as he should have. I still think he's a great player, but the reality is this is we've never seen the West on this, this kind of footing. I mean, it is shaky. I mean, they always say some big, big earthquake could hit the Midwest and the new Madrid fault line, right? Maybe it finally hit the big 10 West. The earth is quaking. And finally, Illinois, it seems to be one of the most secure, solid programs in the West. And in, other than what I would say, Minnesota, which is, which is solid. I would say Purdue, they have their plan of what they want to be. Right. But Illinois, you look at what they're doing, what Brett's doing, the recruiting trail, the staff that he's put together, how long can they keep Ryan Walters? I think the over and under is probably eight more games, right? I mean, it's probably about it. I mean, hopefully a, uh, this last six games, a Big Ten championship and a bowl game. Um, you know, hopefully we keep him longer. But uh, I just think he's that hot of a commodity. But Illinois is having – has really ascended the last three or four weeks to, hey, this is a stable program in the West. Yeah, they're taking advantage of it. Uh, and why I bring you on this podcast, Jay, is not only the, the great analysis, it's the New Madrid fault line reference. Yeah, the New Madrid, right? I mean, the, the, I mean, I was no geologist back in the day, but I mean, it heard of the big one. You know, in 2008, there was a tremor, I felt, when I was in Champaign. I don't know if you guys remember this. It shook. Yep. And, you know, there's there's always the big one. You know, if you, if you watch, you know, Nostradamus Prophecies 4, they say there's a huge one that's going to happen, you know, in 20 you know, 36 or something and all of Lake Michigan is going to split open and pour down into Illinois. It's like crazy stuff. Right. But I would just say this, things are changing in the big 10 West. I feel like we finally got a guy, a program builder in Brett Bielema. And, and, and I'm going to be the first one to say this. I know people think to a degree, 
Brett Bielema is a retread coach. Some people said that, dude, he's already done his thing. You know, for some reason, there's a huge stigma on college football coaches. Once they get fired, it's like a scarlet letter. It's like, we can't rehire this guy for the most part, right? And Cal, in, in pros, they just change jobs. I mean, John Fox just traded jobs for years. I mean, I mean, whether he was a great coach or not. But I'm telling you right now, if Brett Bielema wins nine games, 10 games, He's in the discussions for some bigger coaching jobs. I know people might not want to believe that, but I believe that. To come here in Illinois to do something he hasn't done in a long time, and that's the scary thing. I hope Josh wraps him up in a big-time contract. Well, I think that's the one thing you got going for you. Some people brought this up with me, Jay, when I go on other shows. They're like, well, Brett Bean was doing this in Illinois. He could go to greener pastures. He's done that, right? And it didn't work out for him. Yeah. Um, I, I do think – for him, this is a legacy. This is feels like his legacy. Like he he could be the guy at Illinois, get the statue. If you go somewhere else, he's gonna have to win in three years. Otherwise, they might want him gone, right? If, you, That's if you're going to a bigger job. But the other thing is we've seen Josh Whitman pour in resources, right? Sure. 80 million dollar practice facility, paying Ryan Walters, paying his staff, you know, the type of salaries that you see at Michigan and some of these other places. So I, it's a fair point when any when any anyone brings up that, that you know possibility, but I do think Whitman's going to be all in on this. I would expect a, I, I a would massive agree. contract extension. We, we got to say this. For, I don't know how this happened, but Josh Whitman raised eighty million for the Smith Center when Lovey Smith was the head coach. When apathy was like low, amazing. They needed more money for for Lunny to to fire Peterson and get land. Needed more money for Walters. They've done it. You know, and, and, and I and I do I do believe that they will shell out the money to keep Brett if the season keeps on going. As if we if we finish the back half of the season five and one and have a ten win season, watch out. Is is the bar for him to win Big Ten Coach of the Year? Win the Big Ten West? Is it eight wins? Is it nine wins? Because like if PJ wins, Minnesota wins the West. He's got a great Jeff Brom wins whatever, and Ryan Day just kind of gets overlooked at this point, but. Um, I mean, Brett Bielma right now would be the leader in the clubhouse for that award. I think, I think absolutely. You know, I don't think – I don't know. I, it was a stat when Urban was a coach that they had not won, like, Coach of the Year at Ohio State since, like, 79. I don't know if somebody's done that. They probably had it before then. But one or two times maybe. I'm not, I'm not sure I believe it up. But, you know, Harbaugh had a great year last year. He's probably not going to get it. Penn State's Penn State. So I do think if Brett gets into that 9-10 win area, I think he's the Big Ten coach there. Does he have to win the West? Probably, probably has to win the West to get it done. But that's very attainable from where we're at right now. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing, Jay. Uh, fun times. Fun to talk about with you, as always. Thanks for making us football smarter, man. We'll talk to you next week. You got it, man. New Madrid fault line. You know what I'm going to say. Jay Lehman is the goods. And I got to be honest with you, one of the fun parts of this is Jay came on with us last year as kind of our contributor, and he was fantastic. I know people listen to it, but uh, the feedback we're getting now about People looking forward to Mondays with Jay. I'm happy because Jay is so good uh, at what he does. He's so good at explaining uh, complicated football things uh, that all of us who aren't nearly as football smart um, can can digest. And, and I think when you listen to Jay, and especially when you dive into our film room, uh, which we dove into some great film of linebacker play uh, and some of the offensive missed opportunities this week in our film room that I'll post uh, on Tuesday, um, it's, it just makes you more aware of what's going on. Like, I've become – uh, such a better viewer of football, and I've watched football for a long time. I've, you know, played it. I've been covering it for a really long time. But but Jay always points out something 
that I didn't know um, or, or that makes me more aware of what's going on in the game. And then you start watching the game, you start noticing those things a lot more. So I uh, love having him on board, and it's fun. Uh, they don't always win and that more people are probably tuning into him. So hope you guys appreciate that because, man, I, I, I would do this just if it was me and Jay. Uh, but hopefully you guys all take away something from it as well. All right, I'm about to board a plane to Minnesota. Uh, Josh Whitman and Brad Underwood are kind enough to invite some of us media on a plane up to Minnesota for Big Ten Media Days. It's a long trek up there, so we are going to hitch a ride with them for Big Ten Media Days. Brad Underwood, Terrence Shannon, Coleman Hawkins, and Matthew Meyer are all making their way up to Minneapolis. So Derek Piper and I will be up there. Uh, we're going to have plenty on the site uh, from Illinois Football's Media Day today, uh, their, their media availability today. Barry Lunny, I thought was great. Um, you know, he said he didn't have his best game. He wanted some calls back and said he didn't put art in certain positions. Uh, but I do think a, a week of them together could be very beneficial. And he, he mentioned that. It could be very advantageous. Um, so I, I loved what I heard from Barry. I think he's been really good for Illinois. Uh, you know, obviously some, some play calls that we talked about on this podcast you want back, but I think he'll learn from it. He's still learning his personnel, and that was his first game with Art Sikowski. So interested to see what they come up with this week. And then Ryan Walters obviously shut down this uh, Minnesota offense last year and their RPO game, uh, but he mentioned Mo Ibrahim is their best player, uh, and he could change things. And, and Tanner Morgan probably wanting a little vengeance from what happened last year, but I think that's going to be a fascinating matchup of Ryan Walters and Kirk Shiraka going up against each other uh, for, the, for the second straight year, I believe. So it's going to be fun to watch uh, that matchup. All right, uh, we're heading up to Minnesota. We'll have a podcast from up there. Derek Piper will do some basketball content. Uh, at some point, we'll talk about the Big Ten media poll that came out. Illinois finishing second in there. We'll give you plenty of thoughts on that coming up in our next basketball podcast with Piper. But appreciate you listening to the Illinois Enquirer podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review, wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on YouTube for all our YouTube videos. We are posting some of our Illinois Basketball Media Days interviews up there. You know, Piper talked with Terrence Shannon and Jade Nepps. I talked with Sky Clark. we got a lot more of those coming up over the next couple of days. Uh, so keep on the lookout for that and give us a subscription uh, on YouTube. Hit that like button. Uh, helps us a lot there. And of course, go VIP, $1 for your first month for VIP access to Online Enquirer with everything going on with Illinois football and basketball. You certainly want to check that out. All right, thanks for listening to the Online Enquirer podcast. Everybody take care of each other. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.